Welcome in, everybody. It's Monday. It's 3 o'clock Eastern time. There's a smudge on my computer making sure it wasn't on my face. I'm out of the dungeon. I'm in the upstairs office once again. Um, so some of you, many of you watching this probably have never seen this room because I've been in the dungeon the entire transition from PW Torch to Essie Scoops to now Bryce Ring Media, Zach and I's shop. So thank you all for joining live, not live. Um, you here just makes our day, makes my day specifically. So thank you. As you can see in the title, we're going to be talking Dwayne. We're going to be talking his return to SmackDown. Um, we are going to be talking facetiously, of course, about the worst rating in collision history this past weekend because there was no collision. Um, how many of you are learning that for the first time? I'm curious. Um, probably if you're watching a show live, you knew that. But we'll get into that later in the show. And, of course, Super Chats are open. Um, you know, you guys have any pressing issues in the world of wrestling, not even, um, you know, the, the new historical, they did every four years, presidential rankings in the U S came out that list every president that's ever been on a hundred point scale. That was interesting. So, um, Zach Barber is here. Hello, Zach Haydorn is what I meant. Sorry, Zach, you just popped up. That's why I said your last name. Um, but good to have you. Good to have Tracy. Good to have Dr. Ross in the chat. Thank you all for joining. Zach had a great piece. I read it ahead of time, but a great piece that's kind of outside the world of wrestling, but hopefully you guys will appreciate it and at least consider his message in there. So, um, but yeah, it's Monday, February 19th. I'm here. We're talking The Rock mainly. We're talking that segment on SmackDown on what was a pretty good SmackDown, I thought. It's, it's the ability for WWE to dip its toe in selling a pay-per-view for a vast majority of that show, right? A bunch of Elimination Chamber matches, qualifying matches. If you haven't seen, I'm going to spoil it here. So spoiler alert, having KO, Naomi, and Logan Paul all qualify for the Elimination Chamber. So I want to talk a little bit about the Chamber matches, how those are setting up. Um, you know, obviously Zach and I tomorrow and on Thursday are going to do a deep dive and previewing that and talking about this with ourselves. But Zach is always good at delivering me prompts that I haven't thought about that I can go on a 10-minute diatribe on. So some condensed not being prompted takes by Tyler is what you have. It's what you come for on Monday. So my thoughts on that. On the pay-per-view itself, right, if I'm, again, traveling from, let's say, Sydney, um, from Adelaide, I'm going all the way across the continent of Australia to go to Perth to see this mat this show. Am I super happy at this point? Probably not. But um, you know, it is what it is. We'll talk about that show. But let's let's get right into it. Let's talk about the rock, heel rock, confusing heel rock a little bit, right? Um, you have on Friday the bloodline come out as a unit. Roman, Heyman, Jimmy, and Solo all come out to the long um, walk to. You give Roman does his acknowledge me, Salt Lake City, etc introduces um, The Rock. The Rock comes out in the classic. I don't know if that was Gucci back in the day. It seemed like the exact same shirt if he still had it, which knowing The Rock, he probably did and does still have it. If he's kept that, you know, myth, myth, mythological $7, um, you know, 
he probably kept the original designer shirt that he wore back in the day when you know it was his Ricky Sark's version of himself. Coming on that, I thought was a nice touch. And then coming out and, you know, doing rock stuff, right? Leaning into the heel stuff as his music hits. I think it's going to continue to be a trend. It's kind of like when Roman was a baby face and a majority of the crowd turned on him in the moment, right? For every time he came out, same thing with John Cena. You still get that, those yeah boos, right? People cheering for the music. They're about to see a big star. They, you know, are packing an arena to see him, but they're also there to boo him, right? Same thing. Again, John Cena dealt with and Roman Reigns dealt with like a majority of, you know, not majority, but a segment of people very excited to see him. Some people that are going to about to boo him are also excited to see them. So that's where rock is at the moment. So playing that is always a hard knife's edge to walk. And I thought, you know, this was, good it was also classic rock right like you know watching it he was cracking me up right and this is the reason that heel dwayne johnson heel rocky Maivia, the rock turned into the ultimate superstar that he is right because he almost exceeds in this role of his improv his comedic timing and you know the whole setup of you know it's it's it, he didn't say it doesn't matter what your name is uh, but he did that with the this is the biggest arena in not Salt Lake City history, but Utah history and a bunch of trailer trash I've seen here in one place and then get the crowd to boo him. He did it later with, you know, if you smell the rocks cooking that cut off and the crowd did not play back. I think you should have just not done the line. It's a little bit of because then everyone did the line with him. So it's a confusing take. Right. As a as a heel, Zach and I talk a lot about Adam Cole when he was heel early on and then became good guy whatever but like and and that's a good take on him since he's still been injured but not coming out doing adam cole baby as he did when he first you know was was taking on adam page for the title in the main event scene he would still come out and do all the crowd stuff that people liked and it makes it confusing it hurts adam page as a baby face as we saw in that moment so i think rock is almost there you know here's a guy in his in his spare bedroom talking about what The Rock couldn't, couldn't do, but shouldn't, shouldn't do. But here we are, right? Um, so hopefully, you know, he'll see this and, and lock me in with a cry baby Cody fans. But just my my two cents on that. You you do what you did with the, you know, I can smell, smell The Rock is cooking, and then you don't do it the second time to piss people off in that crowd that came here to see it, and that gets you actual heel heat. But, you know, besides the platitudes, the important content here is that, the fans let the world title slip right through their fingers. And now rock's mission is to make sure that Cody does not finish the story. He kind of did some strained analogy of, um, you know, like the 49ers losing to the Kansas city chiefs and they don't get an ultimate rematch. But (laughs) I mean, from a heel standpoint, I guess it made sense from his perspective, but it doesn't make sense. as like a smart heel, right? Cause like he was saying the 49ers don't get another rematch, but, if they play next season, win the NFC and get the Super Bowl and the Chiefs are there, they do get a rematch. And that is essentially exactly what Cody did, going through the whole year, remaining hot from a meta perspective. But in kayfabe, winning the Royal Rumble gave him that opportunity to challenge him once more. So I don't think that worked very effectively for 
what the rock was trying to do. And that's, you know, I don't know if Brian was there that night, Brian Gortz, who's, you know, runs his production company is a big source of creative for the rock character at the moment. I don't think that would have passed muster on that. It was seemed like more of a freestyle if you'd asked me. So little things can always be cleaned up with even the greatest talkers of all time. And rock is certainly one of those people, but overall I enjoyed the segment. Um, but saying that Cody, you know, his mission is to make sure he does not finish that story. What does that mean? He also called him and Roman the you know most dynamic duo in entertainment and WWE, the bloodline, did all that. So they're a tag team, but he's also going to take down Cody. So I really think, and I'm curious what Zach has to say about this tomorrow on the flagship show. Um, I'm curious where he thinks it's going. It seems like it's ultimately going to that tag match between Rock, Roman, Cody, Seth. And then you can get Seth has a match the next night as does Cody Roman, what happens there with Rock. Um, you have all that. Then to end the show, which I thought was super interesting, and I'm not sure if anyone else has seen it anywhere else, but I watched it again today just to make sure I was ready for the show. It's an important segment. I think this can go down as a you know one of the bigger segments of the year. Um, so uh, when they all put their hands up in the bloodline, you know everyone goes like this, and then Rock went like that. So what, what could that mean? Is that just him? Is that his way to point the finger? Is that, you know, if does he give the Eminem middle finger? You know, Eminem goes like this with the middle finger. I suppose some people that do that. So don't want to get shadow bane on YouTube. So you can fill in the gap on the finger there. But, you know, does that mean anything? The L? Is that that Cody's a loser? Is that just how he puts his hand up? Does that mean he's somewhat off from the group? Does it mean absolutely nothing? I don't know. Or does Rock just not watch Bloodline stuff and didn't know it's just the one finger? Could be anything and everything. The Occam's razor of it all is that that's just how he puts his finger up and watching it back. If he does it again, he'll probably just do the one finger to be even with everybody. But if he continues to do that, it's just a note of, is that a small little Easter egg for people watching way intently, way too intently like myself, that there's some issue between the group. And this is all, does Rock ultimately screw over Roman to help Cody? And it's all facade. I don't know. That would be lame. Hopefully not. This makes sense for lots to happen here and lots of possibilities. And that's one of the more boring possibilities, in my opinion. So um, curious what you guys think. Thank you again for watching the show. We're, we're still going. It's not me closing. Just like to do a cold open, you know, talk, tell you about Brass Ring Media. You're here. If you're watching this, please make sure you're subscribed. Hit that little bell notification. Um, you know, you can be one of the dozens of people that popped on when the show started. Obviously, they got a notification that I went live, that we went live. Um, so that would be awesome. Channel's growing tremendously, and that's because of you guys. Hopefully you enjoy our brand of, you know, I've always said on this show, and, and it's always hard to tell what's like, uh, what Zach and I have talked about off-air, production-wise, and on-air. But I've always treated the way I consume and talk about wrestling as much as possible like a prestige HBO drama. A succession, a Game of Thrones, uh, you know, true detective season four just ended. And if you had fans that you respect and are going through theories and talking about the motivations of the characters, etc., you know, from a kayfabe standpoint, that's how I would want that's that's what I like to consume as a fan. So we try and do that here. If it's your first time here, that's kind of the vibe of the show. It's trying to be as smart analytically as possible. But also there's real life aspects of wrestling, that backstage drama. Um, you know, the entire AEW situation in the last 
12 months, et cetera. So that's all here. So please make sure you subscribe, hit that bell notification, all that great stuff. It helps the channel. We also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash media For four bucks a month, you get exclusive content from myself and Zach Haydorn. And um, we have shows four days of the week now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're looking to add Friday very soon. So please be on the lookout for that. But try and give you some content every day to listen to in podcast form or here on YouTube. So enough of the plugs. Hopefully Zach will be proud of me for those plugs. Um, yeah. So, um, and super chats are open as well. It's up to you guys as always, you know, uh, we have a lot of shows now, so I totally understand. It's not like one show like it used to be, but you know, if you have a dying question to get in here to change the topic, we will do that. So I appreciate you guys as always just for watching. Um, so uh, thank you. And, uh, Let's continue. I'm going to look through the chat here a little bit. Tracy's enjoying the new dig, so thank you. Yes. Um, maybe one episode if we get enough uh, likes, maybe the thing I'll do a tour of all my knickknacks behind me, my Terminator figure, my posters, my Brian Danielson belt, which video games I have back there, which which uh, action figures I have back there. All very fun. So very much a different feel than the basement, the dungeon that you've seen for a long time. So, um, do do do. Zon's here, thinking that WWE does all this stuff, it sells itself. And I would agree, right? If if WWE was as popular as it was and was based in Australia and came to MetLife Stadium or SoFi Stadium once every five years, I think it would sell out with, you know, our truth in the main event. So that is the power of the branding, power of 40 years of consistent entertainment, and generations of fans that continue to watch the product, of course. And uh, yeah, we'll get into that on on tomorrow and Thursday. Talk about what we expect out of the show. I do think it will be, again, like this episode of SmackDown that we saw, a dipping of the toe. Obviously, you're, you're selling a pay-per-view, but I think they would definitely be at portions pivoting hard to the you know final road to WrestleMania, the final month of content. Um, getting us to WrestleMania with you know, five episodes, depending on, I have a look at the calendar. I think there's five Raws and SmackDowns so between this and um, uh, the WrestleMania. Obviously, this week we have a taped SmackDown, so that'll be interesting. I'm sure you've read the spoilers of that as well. We will not get into that right here, but uh, yeah, so expect not as much news as uh, this past week without looking at it. That's, that's my guess is what it's going to be. Um, so yeah, and then uh, yeah, Dr. Ross talking about um, yeah, talking about the placement of characters. And that's why the the finger um, of Rock was interesting, right? Because you know they seemed united, not behind Rock, but Rock and Roman were equals on the plane, and then Heyman and Jimmy and Solo were behind them. So. It is interesting. I just like, you know, continue to look at the body language. It's been a big aspect of Bloodline storylines, right? The backstage segments, you know, with Sammy and Jay and them ebbing back and forth, Jimmy as well. Solo kind of always looking pissed off. And like, is that a bad thing for the group? Is it not? Et cetera. So I think continue to watch the body language, the placement, all that is pretty blatant. So that's why, like, the, the Rock's finger being different than the rest of them, you know, what does that mean? Again, probably nothing, but those things are all mapped out pretty intently 
um, in these situations to tell a story. So I'd be curious what that looks like going forward. Um, and then in the discussion, people are talking about uh, Rock costing Cody at Mania. The potential of that, I think it's very much potential, right? I think if you draw out a storyline here, and this is not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but you got to think the character Cody Rhodes, the man Cody Runnels, I think is a is a guy who loves a character consistently chasing and is not as in love with getting to that mountaintop, right? Look at just his title runs of, of note uh, since AEW. Since before, since, since All In in 2018, right? He beats Nick Aldis for the NWA title. He quickly loses it on the next NWA show to Nick Aldis. Um, then you have, obviously, AEW. He's a three-time TNT champion. If someone has that, if it's four, let me know. But none of those runs are particularly long. The longest is the pandemic run where Eddie and Ricky Starks had their, you know, come in and open challenge matches that got them signed to the company. But ultimately it was a lot of, you know, he had that belt a lot because there were, he had a lot of reigns with that belt because he would lose it and then tell a story where he was chasing it once more. You know, obviously the AEW title loses it to Jericho. Doesn't go for it again. Me and every other smart analytical wrestling person just figured that would be him turning heel to break that pact. And obviously that was not the case. So, you know, that's a whole nother sliding doors moment of if Cody does resign, like what is he still never going for that title? Like it seems like an utter disaster to me. So obviously, and I was on, you can find it wherever the content is, but Zach Haydorn and I were both very pro him going to WWE. Obviously this is the best case scenario for him in that character, but within WWE, the only title he's won is the tag team titles. And he did not hold that very long either. Right. It's about the chase with Cody. It seems like, Paul Triple H Levesque is on the same page as well on telling that story. So all that being pro, uh, prologue to um, the point here in that, uh, you know, you could have him lose. Rock could screw him over. Obviously, Rock is in, right? That $30 million stock option deal. I think Rock wants to turn that into $60, $90, $120 million, right? So Rock in the commitment there, I think, is not to be denied of how long he's committed to be a character within WWE. And um, so I think it's very possible. And this is the best booking. No, this is my rough draft booking, you know, rock screws over Cody there. Does Cody then take out rock at uh, SummerSlam and a one-on-one match. that's huge. Um, after let's say rock, and Roman lose to Seth and Cody, or Seth takes the pin, whatever you want to do there. You have a big match there. You know, I don't want Cody to win three Royal Rumbles. That's when you get into, like, real dangerous territory of, you know, fans turning on that in general. You could have The Rock throw him out. Um, whatever, right? You can get to Cody in there. You know, that's not the most ideal situation, in my opinion, but I only tell you this is to set your mindset of, like, Cody Rhodes, the character of the person, and WWE seem pretty happy to keep to continue to tell stories of Roman Reigns having that title and Cody Rhodes chasing that title. So you should think like any way to stretch this out as long as humanly possible without it getting stale. 
um, is on the table. So, you know, you just added the rock to the bloodline, right? When they talk about what inning of the story it's in, I don't think the rock is a heel was in that idea um, for, for them on like, okay, well, that's like the fourth inning fourth the, you know, or the fourth and a half inning, you know, the, the home team is about to go up and bat um, of like, oh yeah, rock's going to be heel. He's going to join us. He's going to do all that sort of stuff. So, and, but it's here, right? You know, how, how many other things can you pull? You've got Rikishi, right? Um, you've got the other brother of Jimmy J and Solo. So, there's a lot to be added still that, you know, Rock is obviously the biggest card to play here. But I just think it's possible. I don't think they go that route. I think Cody wins right now. It's February 19th. We're a long time away from WrestleMania. But I, I do think that Cody gets the win over Roman, becomes the champion. And we see where this goes from there. Because you can tell all those same stories with Cody winning. You know, Rock still being pissed, taking on Cody for that title. Roman getting a rematch at some point. I think it is better that way. It doesn't feel as much of like the Vince era of WWE that like, hey, nothing good is ever going to happen to us. And I'm tired of getting played over and over again. I mean, that's where I was a lot of the time in the in the teens, the 20 teens of WWE. Like, hey, cool. I like CM Punk. And he got ran off because he didn't like things. I love Daniel Bryan. And... um He's consistently taking on Kane for the world title while John Cena is main eventing shows, you know, for both guys. And, um, you know, you have your WrestleMania 30s that happen where you feel like, oh, things are finally changing. You have 31s where it's like, hey, we don't want Roman or Brock. And then you have Seth Rollins, who is more of the fan favorite, coming out and cashing in, et cetera. But then you have, you know, if you just look at WWE by WrestleMania's 32, I mean, it's Triple H and Roman. 33 is... Off the 33 through like 36 all blend together, not being great main events, but they're all Roman-esque main events that didn't really pass muster and make you feel that way. And I think if they do Cody dirty again, unless the story is absolutely tremendous and it will be on the back end that you say it's a good idea, I think it's I think it's tough. Yes, thank you, Sean. I think it was Taker Roman it was 33. Is that in Orlando? Is that the greatest thrill ride uh, one? <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so I think it's just possible. So just like be mentally prepared for some shenanigans to happen here. And if you really want to make like Rock the biggest heel ever, that's the way to do it. And then you'd have Cody take out Rock and Roman in an amount of time to finish the story. I think it could be better in the back end, but it's how you get there that's tough. Like winning the Rumble a third time is out of the question. And then it's like, do you have the Elimination Chamber as well? So, like, one of those two events is basically worthless. Unless the Elimination Chamber or the Rumble, but better the Elimination Chamber. I'm booking an Elimination Chamber, uh, what, 13 months away, 12 months away? Like, obviously, this is, like, fraught. But if you had Jimmy, Solo, uh, some, you know, somebody else, let's say, that's a Bloodline affiliate at that point, you have three people against Cody and he beats all of them. You get into Super Cody zone there too, which is problematic, but at least it'd be a different way to get there than he could take out Roman, whatever. But I think Cody winning at WrestleMania this year is the best option. You can do a lot of the same storytelling and have the fans not lose um, other feelings. So thank you for that prompt. Obviously, you guys know I can talk forever on a good prompt. So 
I want to move just for a couple minutes here before the show concludes. As you know, I like to keep it about a half hour for you guys' sake. And half hour is a nice little fun spot. Most of our shows are an hour, hour and a half. So give it a little change of pace. You know, Robert shows are two hours long and they're super fun. Um, you know, like sports talk segment type shows, which I really appreciate. And that's like hard to do in podcast and video form. So I appreciate Robert for doing that. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about AEW. And I want to talk about the lack of collision this week and Rampage movie. Obviously, makes total sense on paper, right? It is the NBA All-Star Game weekend. A lot of content. Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Saturday night, you have Steph Curry taking on. I forget her name. I apologize. But the athlete from the WNBA that they took, you know, did the three-point shot challenge together, which is super cool. You had slam dunk contests, all that stuff. All this stuff rates crazy great. Obviously, that's not going to be, um, you know, you're not going to have collision on instead of that stuff. But I think we're in a different era, or you can just see how – yes, Sabrina, thank you, Sean, in the chat there. Um, you know, until Caitlin Clark comes in and destroys the league, which they were in Indianapolis and the Indiana Fever have the number one pick. Um, so that would be very cool if they could get her great basketball state um, is Indiana. So I would like for her to go there, stay in the Midwest. I think it'd be awesome. So your WNBA minute <laughs> for the day with Tyler, but I think that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, you know, how often in the early days was dynamite moving from Wednesdays to Fridays to Thursdays to Saturdays, whatever, right? Like we never missed a show. And I don't think Dynamite would, you would miss a Dynamite, but it shows the importance of Collision. Obviously, the ratings bear this out too, but just from like a corporate standpoint of like, yeah, you can just skip this week. We don't need to move it to um, TBS because I think all the sports stuff is on TNT. So like, don't worry, we'll just play whatever on TBS and you just drop the show. Or they end up the Collision at three o'clock on Saturday. To be a lead-in for like, hey, here's all this great stuff. Here's all other sports content beforehand. The fact that it was just like not on. And I don't know if I missed the story of a better reasoning. If any of you have that, please like link it in the chat here so I can read it. And I, I would love to be incorrect about this. But it shows, you know, Rampage moving to seven makes total sense, right? It's before SmackDown. And it doesn't interfere with all the coverage. But like the fact that the collision didn't do that, I think is a sign of that should not being necessarily as important to keep, which I think would help the overall health of AEW for a period of time. And, you know, if you get rid of a show and it comes back later, I think you can get some nostalgia from that. And it can just be like, Hey, like, Hey, honestly, like we don't want to be WCW have thunder and just run it out. till the, till the end, if, if you make a decision to like drop back and have three more hours of content, I think you make rampage feel a lot more important. And then it is. And you can have Dynamite be a can't miss. You have to watch this show because you have all your stars on this the show, which is what Dynamite is right now, right? Dynamite moves 75%, 80% of the content from pay-per-view, pay-per-view to pay-per-view. And Collision is more of a, hey, look at this legend taking on this person you never thought they would wrestle, right? Post the CM Punk era of the show. That's how I view Collision. Um, or it's more of a hard-hitting, old-school style wrestling, which is great when I catch it, but it's not must-watch AEW content week in and week out like Dynamite is if you want to watch the pay-per-views. And that is, I think, 
expressed by just not being on for a week, which for a wrestling show is crazy, right? I mean, when's the last time we had it Raw and SmackDown? Obviously, the week of Christmas, New Year's, they had a best of show somewhere in there. Still a best of show, right? Still something on the television. Um, you know, if you did the collision and if collisions around in 20 years, you couldn't do the longest running episodic show on Saturdays, right? Because it missed a week. So even that little aspect, which I don't think matters at all, you, know, you can't even say that now because you didn't have a best of show. So just an interesting thing to look at in the, the scheme of AEW. We still don't have a TV deal that's been announced formally. Obviously, AEW is a private company, but you would think a corporation would have to announce in a quarterly release at least that they have upped with AEW. So does that mean if they continue with Warner Brothers Discovery, that collision is not valuable or they don't want to pay really any more for the rights um, with collision being there? Obviously, there's some increase, right? If you're going to pay a $10 for AEW, you're paying probably seven for Dynamite, two for Collision, and one for Rampage, right? If you break it down from that aspect, maybe slightly different, but Dynamite's getting at least a majority of that money is, is that property, the number it gets, what it does in the demo, all that sort of stuff. Everything else is fine, added benefit, but the real stuff is Dynamite. So is the deal better in the short term and long term for AEW to just drop collision on the next deal and then when they are actually ready three to five years from now for a second show with a roster with a booking style and you can split the roster and make it feel correct to do it when you get that next tv deal you can pitch that as like hey let's expand let's do this like you know you might get some bad headlines for a month some bad narrative but you know they've survived a lot of bad narratives in the past and if the money is like not make or break on the company surviving for five years, I just think it's something to consider. And the corporate partners have already established that. And maybe Tony Khan not having the show, maybe not pushing for like, hey, we can do it at three. Please let us run a show. Tells you like something on both ends. I think it's more on the corporate side than the Tony Khan side. I think Tony Khan would run AEW seven days out of the week if he was given the opportunity to do it. Um, until he got totally burned out on it. But it just was interesting to me. It's something I haven't seen talked about a lot. And uh, so, yeah, something to keep your eye on. But that'll do it for me. I appreciate all of you, as always, for watching. Some of the most loyal uh, friends I would consider all of you, especially the ones I know when you, when you chat, um, uh, in the business. So I appreciate you guys, as always. And... Um, I will talk to you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern time with Zach and uh, throughout the week as well. But thank you as always. And I will catch you guys down the line.